Good Gab, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. Hello, everybody. Today we have Sinead Voorhees, Assistant Dean for Graduate Studies at Whitworth University. We are so happy to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so delighted. Sinead, why Spokane? How? Yeah, Yeah, great question. Um, You know, I was originally brought here for my undergrad. So I went to Gonzaga for undergrad. And then I had my sights set on serving and traveling. So I graduated and went to the Peace Corps and spent some time in Ethiopia near the Somali desert. It was a real treat. And when I came back from that, I thought, where is a great place that at that time, and I'll say this, was a little like sleepy and a great place to recover from living in a mud hut in Africa. And I thought, not the Seattle area where my mom lived, probably not Dublin again, but Spokane. Yeah, that was a lovely place. Yeah, I'll move back there. And so I came back for two years, went back to graduate school in Ireland at Trinity, and then fell in love with my best friend who was never going to leave Spokane. So four kids later, that was a, it was a wise choice. You're, you were here. We were here. Wow. Oh, we were here. Yeah. Uh, so how did you grow up in Ireland? Yeah, yeah. Um, I grew up the, the beginning part of my life in Ireland. And then when my parents divorced, my mom, who was the Irish holding citizen, um, decided to move to the States, back to the States. So when they got divorced, we moved back to Ireland. And then we came back to the States. And she just said, you know, uh, America provides you with certain freedoms that at the time Ireland didn't for a woman who was Catholic and wanted a divorce. Uh huh. And so let freedom ring. So we came here <laughs> yeah. and now I'm an American. So yep. it's great. Yep. I love it. How many years now? <laughs> oh, gosh. I was just thinking this. I think I've spent more. I have spent more time in the States than outside the States. 17, 18 years now. Oh, yeah. This is home. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. My kids have Irish <laughs> names, and that's about it um, in terms of what they know about Ireland. But we'll get them over there. Well, I love it. So, yeah. What have you been up to lately? Oh, hey, now. Um, listen, all the things. I have four kids. I haven't slept since 2015. But um, I got to tell you, what's, super, what's really fun about that question <laughs> is... I love the fact that our Whitworth program is growing alongside a vibrant community like Spokane. So, um, gosh, I the, the story about the Whitworth MBA is, and I don't know if you're familiar with it. Tell us more. Our yeah. listeners oh, want to know. I'm telling you all the things. Yeah. Um, six years ago, when I was asked to become the director of the MBA, um, I was the fourth choice. Um, It was like the parting of the Red Sea because the then director was retiring. The assistant director moved. uh, This other person said no. And so, Sinead, you're kind of the last person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm JV League, but I'm varsity now. Okay, go. Um, And we looked at this uh, wonderful program that um, I think I think had some a little bit of dusting off, a little bit of finishing work to do. And I'm. with with me, I did not have a business degree. My 
my degrees are not in business. Um, I had four, well, at the time two, but I was destined for four and that now I have it. Um, and I asked one question the first year and I just said, is this the best we can do? And Good so at question. any, at any new thing, yeah, at any, like a class, a professor or this, I just was like, is this the best we can do? In some places, absolutely. In others, the best for right now. And then in others, certainly not. And so we doubled in size. Um, with some new admissions criteria, I wanted to admit good people as opposed to just academically qualified people with high standardized tests, which is very traditional right. of MBA programs. And um, my dean was scared at that notion. He's like, what do you mean? I said, can I hear people's stories? Like um, a number of MBAs where it's like, I, I want to know how they got to where they are, what makes them them, what drives them, and if they're good people who work hard and who care about other people, who do things for any reason outside themselves to improve this community, gosh, their church, their place of employment, their family, whatever, those are the people I want to admit. And it was a gamble. So when you ask, what have we been up yeah. to? It's like, well, we started a second graduate degree once the MBA took off. So we have a master's of business leadership degree. We're going to be launching a third graduate degree. Um, we will be making that announcement either next week or the following. We started a little thing called the Institute of Leadership based off some stuff that was happening over in um, the Aspen Institute and Harvard with our professor, Kevin Parker. We launched uh, Elevate, a women's certificate, um, a women's leadership certificate, which sold out. Um, yeah, what sleeping. Haven't is, you been? Up uh, yeah, to. I was gonna say. So I haven't been <laughs> sleeping, but yeah. all the other things. You know, what's hard. It's like when so many great opportunities come your way and great ideas. I'm a glutton for punishment. I just can't say no to a really cool idea. I understand that. It's yeah. hard. Well, you're, you have to you're learn it, right? You have to learn how to say no to mm, opportunities. I can't. Yeah. Well, me either. <laughs> Are we cousins? I, yeah. Hey friend. Hey you. <laughs> yeah. My yeah, family that. is from Harney County, you know. Oh, no yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, it's like bad opportunities. I can say no all day long. It's not that I don't have boundaries, but it's like when you get to a point where there are just so many good opportunities, then we get into a question of prioritization and 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 literal human bandwidth. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, what you were describing there is you kind of are changing criteria and mm. inviting more people in. What I heard mm. is kind of like uh, the heart of a servant leader oh, like thanks. that is that describing who you're looking for I mean that's the coolest thing ever yeah absolutely absolutely mm. um and I'll tell you the biggest opponents were like we are going to lose our academic rigor and the prestige and if we don't you know make it so exclusive with the set criteria how will we ever compete I will tell you what we have not compromised one ounce on rigor. We For became sure. AACSB accredited, which 5% of business schools get that worldwide. We are um, admitting amazing students. And I just have to think it was such a leap of faith to do it. But yeah, can we, can we admit servant leaders um, as opposed to straight and narrow, did this, perfect GPA in undergrad? I'm sorry, but I hope people do not judge me by how I paved when I was 18. Absolutely. I was like, I, I, I'm sorry. I got, have got to believe in the maturity of people and the evolution. 
and it hasn't proved us wrong. And it's really, it, it tickles me because I just want to be like, all those people who thought you have to be perfect to get into graduate school, mm-mm. Don't believe it. Well, I got the pleasure of meeting uh, one of the cohorts. Um, Dan Mahoney was uh, oh, doing. Uh, yes, me too. Just incredible human. Yeah. And uh, we partnered up uh, on a design thinking project at Skillskin. And they, uh, there's a great group of students that really mm. put in a lot of work to help us understand, you know, some, uh, you know, problems that were in our business that mm-hmm. could be overcome. Mm-hmm. And it was just, uh, it was incredible. Yeah, we mm-hmm. just uh, had such a good experience. Oh. And so, yeah, the folks who thought you couldn't recruit, they're crazy. Womp womp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. And here's the brilliant thing about um, people who care about this community is they are infectious and they tend to associate with other people who care about this community. So all of a sudden we have like this referral effect and and all of a sudden we're creating, you know, what companies describe as like a culture. Yes. And like you interview people obviously based on their experience, but I also want to know are you a culture fit? Because as I think we've all had like one really really bad egg is 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 so detrimental to the vibrancy and the life of your culture. Um, so thank, thank you for that compliment though about the design think. It's like these students work so hard and they care so much. And if that's the compliment I get about our students that they're servant leaders as opposed to academically perfect in every way, I'll take that. Well, me day. too. That's a better world in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's driving you? Like, what inspire? Where's this inspiration coming from? Where's all this energy come from? Yeah, gosh, that's a great question. You would think I have been asked that before, and I would have a really lovely answer. Um, I just have so much faith in humanity, and I just believe that if you if you give people a chance, that there is you you will not lack the surprises and the gratitude you get from those people. So I kind of describe my own personal mission statement is I provide worthy people a chance at their redemption lab. Wow. And it's just more like opportunities at it. And you wouldn't think an MBA is a redemption lab, um, but I think graduate school seems so out of reach for so many people. And they put it in this little box up there for those people. And I just want to make it more accessible. I'm like, I do believe you have it in you to understand corporate finance. I do believe you have it in you to think strategically about corporate law. I do believe you have it in you to learn project management. I just, I believe in people and it's like this unfettering optimism in people. Um, And I tell you, it's like a drug because once you see it work, once you see that light switch, then you're like, I do this all day long. Absolutely. Take, Take anyone, I'll do it all day long. And I will say that We've had VPs in our program, people who you would think would be a shoe in Somewhere along the way, I feel like every person, this is going to sound kind of sad, but people have discouraging moments in their lives and and moments when they doubt themselves. I think we can all say that substitute teacher who told me I couldn't do this or this instance when I wasn't encouraged, I felt like a failure. We all have it. Um, And seeing people overcome that in a really meaningful way has just 
than a drug that keeps me going. I it, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not weird. I it's want amazing. no. I I think I want to now be in. This <laughs> Come get an MBA. Program. I know. Amanda was like I, one of our MBAs that we all mutually know. Amanda was like, I will never get an MBA, and I said, So you think now? <laughs> Just challenge accepted. Just wait. Hmm. Well, that's incredible. Um, I know. Yeah, you talk about you know failures. I mean, of mm. course, everyone has mm. them. I know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in in my twenties, and I had some epic failures, and I didn't know how to fail at that point. <laughs> so that was uh, that was an interesting time. I'd like it, like tried to take me down, but I you know I learned. I had a supportive yeah. people around me. I had. Uh, optimists yeah. <laughs> they're like hey no yeah. this could be a different world and yeah. so yeah if it's a spark from others like hey you can do more i yeah. believe in you yeah. what you just described that will yeah. change lives yeah well i hope so at least doing our part um i just think about failure it's not if it's when yeah and it's fail fast and never fail the same way twice you know so it's like rising rising strong and that's what i see a lot in our our graduate students, whatever whatever life has thrown at them, I want to see a demonstration of your perseverance and your yes. grit and how you've overcome that. Uh, that will tell me a lot about who you are. And two things I say are, are true of 100% of the population of our students is one, no one joins our program to stay the same. The status quo is much easier. So Absolutely. Yeah, so they're in here to challenge themselves to to change their beliefs about themselves, to change their company, to change Spokane. And then the second thing is uh, no one gets a graduate degree from us without sacrificing something. Everyone's sacrificing something. That's your money. That's your time. That's your energy. And so we hold really sacred that sacrifice. Um, and we ask the classmates to do the same because these people are you know, 85% of them are working adults. They come to class at night or they're logging in online. Now we have kind of both. You could do 100% in person or 100% online. And their time is valuable. Their energy is valuable. This investment matters. And I think the moment you lose sight of that as a program, that's, that's when you, you're not paying rent on your success. And we pay rent on our success every day. Well put. It's just that everyone's in service to each other. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think if we all operated our lives in that way, um, I think we'd be a lot more fulfilled, to be fair. So I think that's fair. I think that's it's fair. Statement. Yeah. I don't want to overstate it, but yeah, I think it would. Well, I'm curious, you know, um, I, I've seen you around town. I've seen okay. what you're doing. You're, around town. <laughs> yes. You're everywhere. <laughs> You're Spokane's it girl. Oh, and I mean that in the right nicest way. It's Ooh. true. Rising star. Can I get a star. clip of that? Can I get a clip of that? Oh. Yes. <laughs> and so I, and you're just well respected. That's so lovely. <laughs> and I've I, arrived yeah. right now. Well, and I, I'd Thank say you. Spokane sees you. And you're oh. in service to Spokane and the community. Oh. You're here to help. Like, Thank we're lucky you. to have you here. Oh. So what's next for you? Oh, gosh. What's your dreams you and aspirations? Me the it girl. Um, you know, I I have some like secret secret goals. Do you do you ever like your secret goals box where you're like you don't want to tell people in fear that you'll be held accountable for them? Um, yeah, because you let it out. I know, because you speak it, yeah. and then you add. <laughs> then it might happen. Shoot. Um, 
I think one of the greatest mm-hmm. honors, and I'm absolutely not there yet, but to just on a really, um, on a professional level, I would, I would absolutely relish the chance to one day be considered for like a YWCA Woman of Achievement Award. Those people are incredible humans. Give me yes. 10 years. I'll get there. Hopefully, if you're listening. Um, and then, you know, like the spokesman does the Women of the Year. So there, there are those kind of accolades that I'm like, give me 10 years. I'm going to continue to contribute. And those are things I'm going to frame for my little girls uh-huh. so that they see what, what mommy has done. Um, and then just in terms of what's next, you know, um, I, I feel like I get one lap around the track with my kids. I have four little ones. They're seven, six, four, and two. My two-year-old turns three. So I had four babies in five years. And I made a promise to myself that I didn't want to give my leftovers to my children because I am so energetic being outgoing. I am a true extrovert in the sense that I could be so dead tired and I get around people and man, I, I am energized. Understand. Yeah. And then I come home and I just want to like shut down like, but like my kids are like, Hey mommy. And I just, I, I think aside from these kind of amazing accolades that maybe in 10 years I'll be qualified for, I just want to, what's next for me is just being a really good mom. And I'm working really hard y'all on, um, on, on wellness, but not like big wellness, like you have to spend all the money and have a direct hotline to Oprah wellness. But like, <laughs> All right, tell us more. Not the big <laughs> wellness, but like the, the little wellness. Like, can I drink more water? 90 ounces a day. I have this 30-ounce um, plastic Dutch Bros <laughs> cup that's disposable that I'm like, no one throw away my disposable <laughs> plastic Dutch Bros cup. And I just, three times a day, I just try and fill it. I've been trying to get more sleep because my children wake up so early. I don't want to be the grumpy mom like, what are you doing? Um, Trying to do exercise. But what I recognize with four kids, it's like I can do two miles and a 10-minute leg video or like (laughs) booty buster video or whatever. Just in 10 minutes. That's the threshold. This is my time frame. Here we go. Yeah. Eight minutes, even better. That's great. I can do that video. But giving your permission for yourself to carve out that time. Yeah. Yeah, and I I find that, okay, I'm a better human that way, which translates into a more patient mom, a mom that has more energy. And so really defining that, um, yeah, yeah. I don't want my kids to be like, yeah, there was the mom that Spokane saw, and then there was the mom at home, and those are two different people. Way to be conscious of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really important to me. And I'm I'm my seven year old who'll be eight in January, I'm kinda like that we're getting to a threshold where your friends are cooler than me and I don't know how I feel about this, but I feel you're like escaping me. Like at the skate deck, we'll skate together. And now she's like, Mom, if you want to just sit down, I'll skate with my friends. Excuse me? You can't skate with your friends. <laughs> what? <laughs> skate with me. Yeah, so prioritizing family in a really intentional way. Tell us about taking one Wednesday off a month. <laughs> Wellness Wednesday. So here's another thing, you guys. So what I recognized is that if I do not control my schedule, other people will. And I will be a log in someone else's river. And I just realized, like my post said on LinkedIn, I never take days off. Because when you have kids, man, your time is not your own. Um, And I was finding myself getting really weathered. So I thought, can I do one day a month? Kids are in school. I'm actually not socializing. I'm not on a clock. I don't have a babysitter for just two hours. 
can I just take a day? And so I started that last month and it was night and day for me. I just sat Tell on the couch. Tell us more. Yeah. I cried to a Netflix movie. I was like, wow, it's 1130. It's, <laughs> it's been a good day. Um, I made sure that like the, the small space that I was operating in my living room was clean. So I didn't have to feel a pressure. I lit two candles. I got cozy under a blanket and I just thought, I do not think that I realized how much I needed this. And, and I'd love to do it more than one Wednesday a month, but we're clocking on one Wednesday and I'm, and so yesterday was my wellness Wednesday. And I have to tell you, I see it on my calendar and I'm like, oh, it's coming up. Yes. You're getting excited. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Mm. And I told my husband, if there's a day I ever can't take it, I was like, I'll need a makeup Wednesday. Naturally. Just, well, he laughed. He's like, I mean, are you serious? Yes. I am dead serious. <laughs> do, do not even test how serious I am. And it's beautiful. And then I find that with me when I can speak it out loud. Like that's why I posted it. And I did not expect so many people for it to resonate with them. And I think I'm up to like 5,000 views. I'm like, I can do all the things about how inspiring our students are, but I post about me sitting on a couch for a day and it is inspiring. But I love it. Well, because it is like we, we talk about, you know, um, self-care. I mean, all these mm -hmm. buzzwords get talked about all the time. Mm -hmm. But what does it really mean? Well, sometimes it's sitting on the couch. Yeah. It's Wellness Wednesday. You gave something that's like ethereal, like like something you can grab onto. Like yeah. people understand what yeah. how you describe that. I understand it. Yeah. And you know what? I, I feel like people can do it. I'm busy. I... My, my job could be all-consuming if I let it. I have four children. I have a wonderful husband that I'd like to stay happily married to forever. And, like, I get a day on the couch. And so I just did it for the year as well. And I remember in August being like, this is so selfish. I can't. They'll never let me do this. <laughs> and then people were like, I saw that you have a wellness Wednesday. I'm blocked out for the whole day. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I mean, is something, do we, uh, something going on? They're like, no, good for you. It resonated. And I was like, wow, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? Yeah, no, it's brilliant. And no quick Zooms either. Like, this is the thing, right, with the Zoom world. Oh, just, but could, could you do a quick Zoom? No, no quick Zooms. Day off, mental health. And it, it, it makes me better. And that's the hard thing, drinking more water, moving your body. I'm not trying to be a fitness buff. I'm just trying to move my body so I can play with my kids. Um, sleeping. Just, it just makes you better. And yet I always put myself last on my own priority list. As often many people do. Yeah. I started uh, like booking out time in my calendar. Cause you know, like zoom, quick zooms, just quick stack, zoom. stack, stack, just stack, stack. Um, I just started blocking off time in my calendar so I could think. Yeah. yeah. Ah, <laughs> that resonates with me. So this is what happened is the, the pandemic hits. And I'm a recruiter by nature. I recruit faculty. I recruit students. I recruit ideas. I am, a, I am a, like a collector of all the good things. And the pandemic hits and no one wants to meet with me. No new ideas. And I'm like, crickets on my calendar. What do? And I was like, I'm feeling really awkward right now. What do I do with all this free time? And, <laughs> and so I started doing just quick runs, actually, like a, more like a yog. Like uh -huh. a, my body hates me. What are you doing? <laughs> and I found in that time I was never going to be a marathon runner. But I was forced to be alone with my own thoughts. 
And it was powerful because when I was on the Centennial Trail, I couldn't check an email. I couldn't call anyone because Lord knows I was breathing so hard. I wasn't (laughs) able to communicate. And I thought, what is this right here? And I found that in order for myself to get truly creative, um, I couldn't do that 15 minutes between meetings. I couldn't, I had to quiet my mind and let it wander. Yes. And a funny story about, may everyone go on walks or runs or take creative time. I am literally running, walking. And um, we had just proposed something to a company, like, do you want to get behind this and invest in it? And they were kind of quiet, kind of like, basically a no, right? When they don't, sure. when they don't ring you back, you're like, oh man, that fell flat. And I'm, and I'm on my run and I just, my, that's where my mind wandered to. And I thought, I think they like the idea. Yeah. Okay. Running, running for those who can't see me on the podcast, but I'm like, but, but maybe, but maybe the packaging needed to be different. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like instead of like going to their offices to provide this service, maybe, maybe we host it on our own. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and they could invite their, their employees to come, but they would be with other people. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll just tweak it. A few days later, I submitted a new proposal it was funded within 72 hours. Landed. And I, I like, I would not have done that at my desk, distracted, phone calls, ringing people back, emails. It was this, this like multi-thousand dollar run, right? <laughs> like around Centennial. Where I was like, yeah, I just, I think we just have to, to tweak it because like the way we were doing the information, they liked the information. And after that, I was like, it is a worthwhile investment for every company and for every, um, every employee of a company to allow creative time. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like computers can automate a lot of things. They cannot automate our creativity. No, it it's like a, so powerful in any human. Such an asset. Such an asset. I remember going to one of our um, professors who is like the professor. She's now president of the faculty. She is absolutely brilliant. And I go to her and I was like, Don, I have no skills. And she's like, what? I was like, what? I just make friends with people. Like, what skill is that? That's zero skill. That is zero. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a certified project management. I'm not a whiz in Excel or stats. I've done, realistically. I have no skills. And she just looked at me because she's so brilliant and she's just one of those people that uplifts you. And she's like, so much of that we can automate, Sinead. We can automate some project management stuff. Microsoft has a thing. We, you know, have you ever heard of QuickBooks or TurboTax or, you know, Excel gurus? And she's like, you cannot automate the way you make people feel. No. And she's like, when you make people feel seen, that is a priceless attribute. And that is what companies or professions or industries need. And I was like, I have a skill. (laughs) I have one. That's great. I'll take it. Yeah, I'm the collector of people yeah. and make them yeah see their best selves. Yeah. That's a hell of a skill. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> I get so angry because I actually was interviewed for this article that will come out in, um, in November when they asked me, like, what do I notice the most in graduate students or what stops them from doing graduate school? And I was like, oddly enough, when I first came into this position, I had my calculator. I'm like, it's going to be return on investment, price price per credit. What, <laughs> what's your like, you know, um, 
yeah, what's your salary going to be in 10 years? What's the average? Like all of these things, because when I looked up MBAs, that's what was on there. Like yeah, check boxes. signing bonuses, all this, you know, I was like, okay, I'm prepared. I'm ready. And I got to tell you, after our first few of these meetings, I put the calculator aside and I brought the tissue box out as I simply listened to all the reasons why people were told they could never do this. Either they told themselves that, or a grandparent, or a boss, or a coworker, or a situation in their life that provided them with some limiting beliefs that were so, that took up so much mental rent that they could not see past it. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I see why I'm in this chair now. Okay, God, I get it, universe, I'm, I'm with you, I'm tracking. Uh, I'm in my spot. Yeah. Listen, person, don't let someone else tell you what you are and are not allowed to dream. Don't give them that. They don't have that authority over your life. That's not theirs to own. If I don't want you to have, and that was another thing, I do not push graduate degrees if people do not need them. Sure. There have been situations. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Where I'm like, not not necessary. Or I, we have students and they're like, should I get multiple masters? I was like, I never recommend that. Um, honestly, unless maybe your degree is in teaching or counseling and you want to know business more then sure. But m multiple business graduate degrees. No, no, don't, I, I cannot, I, I probably will not endorse that. Um, but I do tell people like, if this is something you want, and the average time I found for people from the first time they thought about getting a graduate degree to when they actually enroll can be up to two years. Wow. People think about it a long time. And I just say to them, it is, this is a dream for no one else to take away but you. If you don't want it, don't do it. If you do want it, I will do everything in my power to help you achieve that. Because that's your redemption lap. And a graduate degree does many things for people. Like it, it makes them feel qualified. It gives them the kind of, what's the word? I'm thinking the word efficacy, but... It gives them the clout that they need in an industry. Sure. It allows them to career switch. It allows them to initiate that conversation for a raise or a promotion because look at the investment I made in myself. And then just for others, they're like, I can't believe I actually did it. I was like, yeah, you did. You did. So Good it's job. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I just Like every graduation, people walk across the stage and I'm like, it's never going to get better than this. This is the class. We're just, we've peaked. I imagine you get a lot of hugs. I do. Yeah. And a lot of selfies and a lot of sweet, like, such sweet cards. I know people throw away their cards. I actually keep mine. Um, yeah, just so people are so kind. Because when you give them that chance, and that's the other thing about our alumni, because they're the coolest cats in town. When you give them that chance at their redemption lap, you will never have a more faithful, committed group of people that want to make sure that other people get that chance at the redemption lab. Yeah, it's that drop in the pond. You're just mm -hmm. helping the, people help yep, others. Absolutely. And what I say to our students is, like what Mother Teresa said, you might only feel like a drop in the ocean, but the ocean would be less without your drop. And I was like, oh. that is, what, yeah, for sure. I just tell people, like, Spokane needs you. Yes. You know, you need you. I, another great quote is like, just be you. Everyone else is taken, you know? <laughs> Love it. It's so true. Well, what you're describing a lot is uh, 
and how, how you're working with these students, it's a lot how like SkillScan, our organization yeah. works with our employees. We just happen to work, you know, with people living with disabilities. But mm. I, what I'm hearing is like you, you come beside someone and mm-hmm. if they want to go, all right, well, do whatever it takes to help. Let's do it. And but you're not pulling people in. You're not making promises. Mm-mm. You can't deliver. Mm-mm. And it's the same thing that we try to do. We want to yeah. try to come alongside and you want to get somewhere. We're going to help you. But you can't, you know, care about a job more than they care about a job. Exactly. Um, don't overpromise things. You cannot mm-hmm. deliver on. And I just, I love that. I love uh, this ethos that uh, Whitworth is, you know, putting out into the world. Oh, thank huh. you. And even if we can just inspire one student, and I actually even tell people, and if we are not the graduate degree for you, but you want to pursue that. I'm actually happy to still be your friend and to help you do that as well. Because my goal is never to get the most students in the Whitworth MBA. My goal is to get the right people in the Whitworth MBA. Um, and I absolutely love what Skillskin does because it's true. And I tell our MBAs, the MBA is not going to get you the job. It's actually not going to make your life happy. It's not like a happy pill. Darn it. They don't Dang exist. It. <laughs> I would have taken it on my wellness Wednesday. Um, I said, but it is going to be one wheel on your car that gets you there. Or it's going to be removing that roadblock. But you get yourself that job. Or you start advocating for yourself. And hopefully while being in our classrooms, being in the super engaging environment where people are of like mind, not like background, like mind, which is also like a radical idea for MBAs, um, with professors who genuinely care and man, that, that's the energy, like that becomes the fuel, right? But you have to get yourself there. So you have this unique perspective. You've been in Spokane for, you know, a couple decades now. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm think our listeners would be really curious on, yeah. you know, where do you see Spokane going? Ooh, ooh. You have a magic wand. Oh, what yeah. will you okay. do? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm here for it. Um, I actually think it's getting there already. I, I will tell you, so my my graduate degree was in international development. I was so determined that I was going to work in a developing country, um, working with the United Nations. The IMF. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Except I'm not really good with finances, but <laughs> go IMF, you take me. Um, or like an NGO or something, USAID or um, something of that nature. And I remember the only thing that made me sad about coming back to Spokane was I was so used to just seeing such beautiful diversity everywhere I lived, and Ireland being no exception, um, that I was like, well, I was willing to sacrifice that in order to come back to Spokane. But I, I am very hopeful because I am seeing that change. And I'm seeing the perspectives and the diversity and uh, that gets me really excited because I think when we have diversity of thought and leadership, you know, um, like I was so excited when Gloria won her election. I was like, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, Just to get some new thought perspective. And she loves people as well. And I'm, I'm seeing it. Right. And so that gets me excited. I think about the future of Spokane. I think it's happening, actually. Um, I'm also excited to see, like, I'm a big fan of um, stepping into your own authenticity. Me too. Yeah. 
And like, that was one of the number one things I recognized with the Whitworth MBA when I joined. I was like, we keep trying to be this program's cousin or this program's stepchild. Or Why don't we just figure out what we do and let's do that well. And it, it, it never fails. Um, and I see Spike Hanover. I remember when I first moved here, we were always in the, the shadow of Seattle or the West Side. And I feel us stepping into our authenticity. Like we are near nature, near perfect. We, we do um, prioritize and care about different things. And they're not bad things. They're just different things. And like, yes, it's worthwhile to move here, not because of our proximity to Seattle, but because of the community itself. And that gets me really excited as well. I'm like, okay, Spokane, I'm seeing you, and I'm no expert, but I, I'm just seeing you step, like really, really embrace all that you have to offer and be proud of it. And I think that's never gonna go, that's never gonna fail, you know? No doubt, well, I see you being part of this community oh, building. Yeah. I, I missed out on an event <laughs> I wanted to go to around uplifting women. Uh, oh Cindy yeah. Donahue, I heard, uh, <laughs> you amazing. know, uh, Dana Devine, uh, one of my colleagues at Skillskin, she uh, kind of described what was happening. Said, you know, what what you were talking about and expressing was electrifying. And oh, yeah. I, I just I have a question. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So as you know, we continue to help uplift women in you know mm-hmm. in our in business in leadership positions. Talking about Gloria, mm-hmm. what's men's roles in this? What can we do? Yeah. As allies. Yeah, you, you're so lovely. Um, oh, I'm like, I have so many thoughts and feelings about well, it. Well, I say just throw it yeah, out there. Yeah, just throw it out there. You know, I think that if, if you were to like look, to, look at my social media, a common thing that you would see is the plight of the working mom and also the joy of the working mom. But the, the, the working mom to me is if, if I was going to like – write a book, I would write it about the working mom. And I think in terms of men, I see two roles here. One, uplift the women in your life and do not be held back if they make more or are more successful or are more in the limelight. Like don't discourage women in that way. My husband is the most amazing at this. He's like, oh, great, you're on a podcast. You're the most awesome person I've ever met. And like, oh, hey, I, I made it on the Journal of Business. I think it was an accident, but I'll take it. Um, and he's like, that's my wife. And he never once got angry that that was not him or that he doesn't get that kind of attention. He was just so overjoyed for me. And I think a lot more women, if they received that feedback, like just truly being like, people are so proud of me, they'd be easier for them to step into their potential and into our authentic self yes yeah and like secondly as well you know um i just think and this goes back to the working mom and i have an amazing husband but like dads who raise strong daughters and who also raise strong men to love strong women or men you know but to love people with strength it's like that's a powerful thing as well. Like my, my, I don't think my daughters have any idea what I do, to be fair. Neither do my sons, but they're younger. Uh, Daddy just tells them that mommy goes and changes the world. And so they're like, okay, mommy, you going to go change the world today? I was like, going <laughs> to yes, try. Yes, I am. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. On my way to curriculum meetings. <laughs> no. Um, 
but but they're inspired then to be like mom to change the world I think dads and and fathers and uncles and neighbors they they have critical roles in the way that we shape our children and our children's mindsets um an amazing story actually my husband's um one of my husband's grandmothers you know died in her mid-90s and she was a lovely woman but it occurred to me at one point in my journey of getting to know her that um she did not view women as equal to men she grew up in the south and yeah, she's almost 100, you know, and and therefore she did not view me as equal to my husband. Like I was just so blessed that Mark chose me. I was so privileged. And do I just feel so lucky every wow. day? I remember thinking once like, I mean, I'm not bad either. But okay. <laughs> and then it occurred to me that like Grammy didn't see herself as equal either. And so I'm seeing the generation shift and it makes me really happy because um, I think that's what we need. I also just think there are just such little nuanced things, but I see, um, I, th I think going back to your question about allyship, don't ask the woman to take the notes in the meeting. She might be the best note taker, just don't do it. Um, recognize, um, I think, a, I'll go back, a beautiful recognition for my life is to, that people recognize that, that Sometimes there were biases there. The hardest thing is when I meet people and they're like, oh, no, no, it's all good always. And I'm like, mm, mm, is, is it, is it? I think recognition plays a huge part in validating people's experiences and feelings. I think even asking that question demonstrates to me a lot about you, but also um, I don't think that question would have been asked 30 years ago. True. So I think it's, it's definitely coming a long way. Um, and I would say also women to other women. Um, I am never afraid that my associate director, for example, is going to outshine me. I'm like, she should, because I, I can't do this job forever. And she needs to absolutely feel capable to take on this role when I move on to another one. And I think as women, we need to uplift women um, because we can't tear each other down or discredit each other. It's just, it's not useful for anyone. And it's such a scarcity mindset, you know? When you right. take this, I don't have. No, no, it's a growth mindset. When we build each other up, we all have more. And I'm like, you know. There's abundance. Abundance, mm. yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if I answered your question, but I. You did, and thank you. <laughs> Well, you're welcome. <laughs> I, well, I appreciate it. I know our listeners do too, because you know, we're, we're all trying to make uh, our communities better and, mm -hmm. um, Ideas have power. Yeah. I, I actually remember reading books to my girls, um, 13 women who, 13 girls who changed the world. And there's like a domestic and an international. And so, and my little girls are reading these stories about how women couldn't do things like vote or, you know, and they're like, what? And I'm like, oh yeah, there was a time when, because you were a woman, they didn't think you could do many things. And just how appalled they are. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is so great. I know, I know. <laughs> You can do anything. Raising children who believe in themselves is, is so powerful. Well, I'm going to take some of that advice from my 16-year-old daughter. Ooh, hey, yeah. you got it, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm as... I think our listeners would love to hear any parting thoughts. Yeah. You know, anything that uh, you'd like to communicate the, yeah. for everyone to hear? Yeah. Oh, gosh. 
I just think um, there is no better time to start believing in yourself than now. And um, it can just take baby steps. Drink, drink a glass of water a day. I'm sure you never thought you could do that. Um, but, but a big thing that I've recognized is time passes anyway. So how do you want to spend the time? And I recognized that I wanted to spend my time very intentionally. And, um, and my Wellness Wednesday was like one of my first big steps that I was going to do it just for me. It was super selfish, but it's, it's amazing. And other people resonate with it. So, um, and, and the other thing I will say, and this is a kick for me recently, is rest is being productive. Rest is productivity. It, it's not something you do because you have to, even though you do, but when you think about all the list of things you have, to, your list of things to do, rest, rest needs to be on there and put it on that list if it's going to make you feel better. I do. And then I check it off because I'm so goal oriented. Winning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> check. I'm also that person that will have a list and I'm like, well, I took a shower. I'm going to put that back on the list. Check. Just because I really like seeing things X'd out. But, but that would be my big thing. And then I think uh, the last, last, last parting word is um, I don't push graduate degrees, but I know a lot of listeners out there think there's that one thing that I've always wanted to do and, and I never maybe thought I could. And whatever that one thing is, again, time passes anyway. So, so do the one thing. Do that one thing you've, you've wanted to do, you've thought about, it's been on your heart. It's, it's on your heart for a reason. So, so just do it. You got this. You heard it right here, folks. You got this. <laughs> you got this. Sinead, thank you so much. We just appreciate you. You're so sweet. Thank you.